You finish up an exquisite meal. Contentedly, you wipe your mouth, and then you call the waiter over for the check. He takes your card, he swipes it, and then he waits for a few moments. And kind of looks up at you with a little bit of a nervous embarrassment. I'm sorry, but it says there are insufficient funds? There must be some kind of mistake, you huffily reply, even though you feel the panic begin to grip your insides. But fortunately for you, you have another card that you can put it on as you quickly make your anxious exit. Now, hopefully this has never happened to you, but I would be willing to bet that you have overdrawn your emotional and your physical energy bank account before, and you may even do this on a regular basis. Now, when this happens and your body has finally had enough, it shuts down your excessive spending and your activity, either through sickness or injury, which both kind of force you to rest, or you just have insurmountable fatigue, brain fog, until essentially you finally get the memo that your battery and your bank account need to be refilled. Now, in this episode, I want to give you scientifically backed reasons why you should be more intentional and regular about making deposits into your account rather than just making withdrawals and then being surprised when your body sends you the insufficient funds message and locks down your account until you make the deposits to resume your regular functioning. How does our definition of success shape how we live our daily lives? Join me, your host, Michael Bauman, as we create a life of success by exploring the cutting-edge research in happiness, motivation, psychology, philosophy, and more. Welcome to Thrive Culture Success Engineering. To start off, it's important to realize that your body actually doesn't distinguish between different types of stress. So if you have emotional stress or if there's physical stressors or mental stressors or even financial stressors, your body treats all of those things in the same way. And it does this by producing cortisol. Now, cortisol is made by your adrenal glands, which are right above your kidneys. And I want you to think of cortisol as basically your built-in alarm system. So it has a lot to do with the fight or flight response that we've talked about previously. And it's the body's main stress hormone. So it works with different parts of your brain to control your mood or your motivation, fear, that kind of thing. But after we have a stressful situation, our cortisol should return to its baseline, what it was before in the body. And what happens is when we have these low levels of stressors in our life, it can cause kind of a systemic inflammation or even systemic levels of higher cortisol, which has a lot of detrimental effects on the body. The cumulative effect of different stressors on your body is called your allostatic load. It's basically all of those different areas added up and what that's doing to your body. We talked about this in the episode on meditation, but when we have this chronic sympathetic nervous system activation, it can affect everything from gastrointestinally, things like ulcers, irritable bowel syndrome, The main way that we can actually see that some of this is being effective is our immune system. So if you're getting colds all the time, having running noses, or it's taking you a couple weeks to recover from some of these things, it may be a sign that you're under a lot of stress or this system isn't able to keep up. You know, things like if you have an injury that's taking longer to heal, uh, you're sore for longer after your workouts, those are all just kind of things that you can keep in mind to go, oh, maybe I have cumulatively 
um, more stress that my body can recover from. Over long term, this systemic activation and inflammation leads to hardening of your arteries and increased risk of heart attack and everything from, you know, increased risk of diabetes and mental consequences, things like that. So it's pretty negative over the long haul. What I want you to think about is your bank account. And that's why I use this story at the start of this. So, you know, in our bank account, you have to put in deposits and then you make withdrawals. Now, in our life, we have all the withdrawals of the daily stresses that we have, you know, whether that's family and responsibilities, our agendas, our schedule, even nutritional things, financial strains, mental strains, physical strains, those are all withdrawals. And now it's important to be aware of this and also to be intentional and regular about making deposits into your bank account so you don't hit that insufficient funds mark where you start not being able to recover from the sickness or getting sick more often, things like that. And the deposits that you can do In lots of different areas, it's not just one area, and we've talked about a lot of these, but eating healthy foods, eating foods that nourish your body, some types of exercise can actually be restorative, depends on the intensity of it, things like meditation, music, and sleep, and we're going to dive into a lot of these in this episode. So recently, our family has actually started taking Sunday as a recovery day. So it's actually a day we're working to incorporate a lot of these things that are geared towards recovery. They're geared towards getting deposits into the bank account so that we can handle the withdrawals that are happening in the week. Like you guys know, I have a new baby. I have a three and a half year old. Those are all withdrawals on a pretty consistent basis. So it's important to me to be intentional about putting in recovery practices and things that can help help me be able to handle those consistent stressors in my life. So we've started doing this on Sunday. You can do it on any day or you can incorporate them throughout your week. The more that you can put these things as a consistent habit into your life and into your routine, the better, the happier you will be just in general. So one of the things that we've actually started doing on Sunday is doing a magnesium bath. Magnesium Essentially, it performs over 300 different functions in our body, everything from regulating our muscles and our nerves to our blood sugar levels, our blood pressure. It helps make proteins. It strengthens our bones and our joints, does a ton of things in our body. It's actually the fourth most abundant mineral in our whole entire body. Now, you can find magnesium. It's typically taken by consumption with the food that we eat. So you can find it in your dark leafy green vegetables, your nuts, your seeds, your whole grains. Unfortunately, though, because not a lot of people eat those things on a consistent basis, most people are actually deficient in magnesium. So it does tons of things in our body, but most people are deficient in it. And one of the other things that actually is very important is it helps reduce serotonin. So that's the mood elevating hormone. It helps boost your energy and relaxation. And overall, it just decreases inflammation in your body, your muscle tension. It helps as muscle relaxant. And it can even aid in detox. So helping to pull toxins out of your body or heavy metals out of your body. And then a higher magnesium intake is actually correlated with a lower risk of cardiovascular disease. So it helps improve your circulation and keep your arteries elastic. Here's what a magnesium bath can do for you. A magnesium bath helps, magnesium is easily absorbed through your skin. 
So it's a very easy way to actually kind of reset. We use this on a Sunday to reset those magnesium levels for the rest of the week. And you can get magnesium salts. You can also get magnesium flakes, which are more potent and potentially last a little bit longer. It just all depends on how much magnesium you're wanting to get. And you can consult with your doctor about this or do tests to find whether you're deficient in it as well. There's tons of benefits to doing magnesium baths because of all of these all of these things that we mentioned. So one, it's super relaxing. So it really helps you kind of wind down at the end of the week, gives me something to look forward to. Also really helps you with your overall muscle tension and muscle relaxing um, and just reducing overall inflammation while boosting your mood and your happiness and things like that as well. So we start actually implementing that on Sunday as a way to add more recovery into our schedule. And we talked in episode 12 a lot about sleep. So I would recommend going back to that one. Basically, just get more sleep. There's tons and tons of benefits to sleeping a lot. It's one of the best things you can do to add that recovery in there. Your body does so many things while you're sleeping. It can help with your memory. It helps us with your focus and productivity, as we all know. It helps with your hormone and mood regulation. And it also even can help you maintain a healthy weight which are all beneficial things for our life. So check out episode 12 that we talked about sleep as well and just try to make sure you're getting enough sleep. You know, potentially look at implementing a, a bedtime routine or a sleep routine so you're, you can just trigger your body to start shutting down and to get that quality sleep that you need. Now, another one of the things that we've talked about a little bit in other episodes is stretching or yoga. There's a lot of benefits to it. So there's been a number of studies that show that yoga can help reduce stress and anxiety. Um, it can also enhance your mood and your sense of well-being, along with fitness. So you know there's obviously benefits fitness-wise to doing yoga. There's balance and flexibility, range of motion, strength benefits, things like that. And then it also can help with the management of chronic conditions. So reduce risk factors for heart disease, high blood pressure even help with depression, pain, anxiety. And there have even been quite a few studies on yoga for people with cancer, especially women with breast cancer. And so these studies actually showed evidence that yoga can help improve the quality of life and reduce fatigue and even sleep disturbances within that specific demographic. And other forms of exercise have similar benefits, and we've talked about exercise before as well. Yoga can help with sleep too. You know, all these things can kind of go together. We're incorporating all these things to benefit sleep and have more recovery practices in our life. I kind of view the weekends a little bit different than the week, and this is me personally. It might not work for you. I typically have more of my strength-based workouts, you know, five days a week, that kind of thing during the week, my more consistent structure, my schedule. And then the weekends for me are more focused on recovery or, you know, not scheduled workouts or scheduled fitness routines. It's more just, you know, if I want to go out for a run, I'll do that. Or maybe I want to go rollerblading or skateboarding or you know, maybe I want to do stretching. I will try to have a consistent stretching routine, maybe 30 minutes to an hour on the weekend that helps with some of these benefits, just really helps me wind down at the end of the week and get me recharged back up for the next week as well. 
Another thing that's beneficial in kind of this similar area is foam rolling. Now, for those of you who don't know what foam rolling is, it's essentially like a tube that's kind of hard that you use, almost similar to getting a deep tissue massage. You use this foam roller and you roll with it and find those trigger points, find the muscles that are tight or you feel some pain or discomfort. And then you use that to release that muscle tension. And so foam rolling, there are studies that have done that it increases the blood circulation to that area. And what that does is it helps promote the nutrient and waste exchange at a cellular level, which overall improves cellular function. And then it can kind of release or lengthen those tight and short muscles. So it's really good for recovery and reducing muscle soreness and then overall inflammation as well along with activating your parasympathetic nervous system. So when you're doing it, it can be kind of painful. Um, you can use a foam roller, but you can also just use something like a tennis ball. And the smaller it gets and the harder it gets, as you probably guessed, the more intense it gets. Look into the different things or look what look into some of the things that might work best with you. And you can look online for different resources for foam rolling routines. The combination of foam rolling and stretching together is actually pretty beneficial because the foam rolling can release the tension and lengthen out some of those muscles and then you further increase that with a stretching routine and things like that. So I'll try to do foam rolling and stretching on the weekend as well just to stay loose and help with that recovery. And then light aerobic activity is great also as a recovery thing as well. So that could be anything from walking, getting outside, doing some walking, swimming, you know, light running or rollerblading, like we said, skateboarding, things that I'm just starting to learn, thoroughly enjoying. But light aerobic activity or just aerobic activity in general, it helps your cardiovascular function. So it makes sense. It helps your heart. And then that directly reduces the risk for cardiovascular diseases, stroke, blood pressure, cholesterol, high cholesterol, things like that. And then it also does a bunch to regulate your blood sugar levels, help your sleep, help with weight regulation. It helps your immune system, supports healthy brain. And then in episode 19, we talked about with the how of happiness, it's actually one of the most effective instant happiness boosters that you can do in terms of your overall mood and hormone regulation. Having some of that on the weekend or incorporating that into your routine, whether it's maybe just a walk at lunch, can just go a long way to adding more of that recovery, more of those deposits into that bank account. And then we talked about meditation, the incredible benefits of that in episode 20 and 21. So I'm not going to go into that here. Check those out. It can be really, really helpful for you and an excellent way to add the recovery in there. And then another thing too that's often overlooked is listening or even playing music. And this is something that I kind of struggled with for a while because we live in such a driven culture where just sitting and listening to music seems like a waste of time. You know, we're not doing anything. We're just sitting there. We're listening to music. So we try to pair it with all the other things. And sometimes we can just add more noise to what we're doing, right? We're working on something. We're listening to something else, trying to pay attention to our kids as well. And it could just add more noise. But there's actually been a lot of studies around music to help with recovery and stress reduction. And there was actually a large scale review. It was done by McGill University. And they reviewed more than 400 research papers that talked about the neurochemistry of music. And they found that listening to music, it not only helps reduce stress, it also improves our immune system. And it's more effective than prescription medication at reducing patients' anxiety prior to surgery. So there's specific things. You can use it in general. 
but you can also use it in specific instances because it's a really simple, easy way to shift your mood. Maybe you're feeling down. You put on a pump up song or a happy song that you like. It's almost an immediate mood booster. Or, you know, in situations like they were talking about with surgery, when you have these anxious events, maybe it's a public speaking, you know, event or you're going into some type of surgery, you can use music to really change your mood to help you feel more confident going into that as well. So you can use music in a lot of different ways. And they also found that playing music can give similar benefits. And I play the saxophone and I just absolutely love there's times those flow states like we talked about before. There's times where I just get lost in just playing when when there's a bunch of people together that really enjoy music and they can play well and you can just get lost in the music. I absolutely love it. Um, I love the noise canceling headphones that I have that just block out all the noise of the world. I can just listen to music or I can play music. I thoroughly enjoy this as a way to just relax and de-stress and you can pair this with other things, right? So obviously you can listen to music while you're working out or while you're running and you can get the benefits from both of those things at the same time. And now there's other creative pursuits that you can develop or that you can enjoy everything from drawing and painting to writing, to coloring, knitting, woodworking, any of those hobbies, those are really what make life rich and full. We spend so much time or we can spend so much time, you know, in TV or on social media or on our phones, where really taking some time and seeing if you can develop a proficiency in one of these areas can go so far with your self-esteem. There's been scientifically proven to help people deal with different kinds of trauma. And this is both drawing and painting and shaping objects from clay along with writing. You know, we talked about in the How of Happiness, expressive writing can be quite beneficial in processing traumatic events. And all of these things, they help improve our memory. They improve our self-esteem, problem solving. They even help with mood elevation and happiness. So the Journal of American Art Therapy Association, they published a study in 2016 where they took saliva samples of 39 healthy individuals to check the level of cortisol that they have. That's how you can check cortisol before and then after 45 minutes of making art. And the results from this study suggested that when we did a type of art, it significantly lowered cortisol levels and the participants felt much more relaxed after the art session. So creating and appreciating art both led to the reduction in cortisol levels or stress hormone levels. So maybe just go to an art museum if if that's something that you enjoy or sit down and draw or paint or do some of these other hobbies. Science actually shows that it's helpful for you. As we know, you're more productive when you're less stressed. So if you can actually be less stressed, you'll notice an increase in productivity as opposed to just trying to go until your last breath or you know your body basically shuts down from everything that you were doing. So intentionally putting these things into your day and your week can go so far. I recently just took up drawing again I hadn't done it since middle school. It's just been really, really fun. Another one of those things that I can kind of get lost in. Trying to think of some of those things that you can do. And I know time can be a challenge, but really there's ways that we can work around it too if we're intentional about it. And there was another study that they actually did um, in the National Center of Biotechnology Information. And it showed that our control over emotional pain and depression is significantly enhanced by creativity. 
So when we express some of these creative sides of ourselves and we develop our creativity and use our creativity, it can actually help um, with our emotional pain and depression. Just different avenues, different ways that we can, again, make life full and we can make it rich and we can really enjoy what it has to offer rather than simply having a very minute definition of success. It can often leave us empty or wanting more when we incorporate all of these things into our life, these different areas into our life and really try to create balance in these different areas. Our life becomes so much more full and moving forward. So what I wanted to do with this episode is to kind of give you the scientific backing to give yourself permission to let yourself relax and actually know that it's, it's beneficial for you. You know, it should be enough in and of itself, but you know, a lot of times in our culture, we need to know that it's doing something right. If we're taking a break or relaxing or doing some of these things, it's actually beneficial for us. And to just allow yourself the freedom to kind of explore that creativity and broaden out your avenues of expression or even the way that you relax and recharge rather than just turning on a Netflix show. There are so many other areas that can activate our parasympathetic nervous system, help us feel relaxed, whether it's yoga, the foam rolling, getting more sleep, the magnesium bath, taking one of those, incorporating that, or exploring the different avenues of creativity that we have available to us. And so I want you to take a moment and just kind of check your emotional and your physical bank account balance and see, is it low? Like, Do you feel low. Uh, You know, we've had a lot of stressors. There's a lot of stressor right now. And so ask yourself, do you need to make some deposits at your local R&R ATM? You know, rest and recover. Do you need to make some deposits into that bank account? So I want you to think about one thing that you enjoy doing that relaxes you. And so maybe it's one of the things is mentioned, maybe something else entirely. And I want you to schedule at least five to 15 minutes of that activity today if you can. If you absolutely can't fit it in today, see if you can make time for it this week. And your body and your overall life will really thank you. And I want, like I said, I wanted to give you the science to say it's okay to relax. It's okay to not go at 100 miles an hour. And actually, you'll really promote more longevity and more life satisfaction, incorporating more of these things into your life. So that's what my wife and my family have been trying to do, incorporating the magnesium bath, the stretching, you know, spending time with your family over the weekend to recharge and recover. And I wanted to share that with you so that you can also know the benefit of that as well. I hope to see you back for another episode of Thrive Culture Success Engineering with your host, Michael Bauman. If you enjoyed this show, it would mean a lot to me if you left a rating and review wherever you get your podcasts. It really does help people find the show. Until next time, thank you for listening.